0: Welcome to the fourth edition of the Dynasty Command Center podcast, home of the biggest edge in Dynasty fantasy football. If you are new to the Dynasty Command Center family of awesome things, like I said last week, you should definitely check out dynastycommandcenter.com. You'll find more information on our Slack, our fantasy football roster analytics, the rookie guide series that we've been so pumped about here recently, and more, you know, some fun stuff about best ball leagues and uh, and more. Uh, Like I said, last week and, and few in and a few episodes before that uh, the DCC team you know we decided we didn't have enough going on so we added yet another content Avenue to the brand which is this podcast and it's been a lot of fun through three weeks it's been great uh, getting a lot of uh, great feedback from our our uh, listeners and uh, slack chat members and and more just been a lot of fun and uh, you know we've been adding new listeners every week so that's why I'm just kind of letting you know where you can find all of our Content and what we do at uh, Dynasty Command Center, uh, and this week I am joined again by Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell, and you can find them both on Twitter. Uh, surprise! At uh, C Patrick NFL and Ryan Mc23. If you already you know aren't following them somehow, but uh, we promised you that they both would be hanging out here on the Dynasty Command Center podcast from time to time, and and we are going to continue cycling through our awesome staff here as well, but I miss them both dearly, so I just thought I'd get them back on the podcast and uh, talk through a Dynasty rookie mock draft. So welcome back to the show, guys. It's been uh, almost a month
1: now. It's the longest month (laughs) of my life. Four weeks in, I think it felt like about 38 days instead of 28 days, and mostly it's just, I mean... so we're recording this early in the morning, and we all look just so sexy right now. <laughs> I mean, just to kind of let you guys behind the curtain a little <laughs> bit, what's going on here, but it is good to see these beautiful, uh, sunshiny faces.
0: Glad to have you back,
1: Curtis. Ryan, you doing all right, hanging in there this uh, early morning?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm good. We we missed you too, man. I'm glad to glad to be back here. And the, a rookie mock, like, I could do a rookie mock every day, right? And it would change every day. I think in <laughs> with this class, I think it would be different. So I'm excited for this.
0: Yeah, I think Ryan,
1: I think you do uh, rookie mocks every day as is. That's that that's is true. true. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that he, he is does them at his house, and he he picks for all twelve teams. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> he loops, his, you know, loops the kids in.
2: I give Grayson a pick. I see what yeah. he, see who he would take yeah. with the one one.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's important just family bonding with, with, with rookie drafts. So <laughs> that's that's important. You got to raise raise them up right early. So and you are not doing rookie drafts. You're doing startup draft at average draft position mocks all the time. You, you've been doing that for a long time. So I think uh, you know I thought having you in on a mock would just be appropriate. So since it just yeah. fits into daily schedule. But uh, yeah,
2: I'm a, I'm actually excited about uh, speaking of rookies and and these startup mocks i do i'm excited for next month because then then we see how the rookie class stacks up against the the veterans so the the rookies will be included in our startup drafts next month and that's when things really start to come together
0: Oh, yeah, it's always fun to just see where these values truly lie. And it's one thing to kind of look at, you know, previous rookie classes and see, you know, where the Saquon Barkley's and Ezekiel Elliott's fit in. But, you know, this year it's going to be interesting because I'm not sure we have that one standout guy that that's going to be uh, slotted in in the first round of startups already, you know, before he even plays it down in the NFL. You know, who knows? That might uh, be a player we get to in a few But before we do jump into the Rookie Mock, I just wanted to reiterate, you can still grab the 2019 Dynasty Command Center Rookie Guide. The first edition has already been out for a few weeks, but we still actually have the post-combine edition and the post-NFL draft edition upcoming here soon. But first, a quick word from our podcast partner, the uh, FFPC. And uh, you may be familiar with them already since I've uh, talked about them on the three previous podcasts here. But uh, they, they are the cure for off-seasonal affective disorder, as they like to call it. And yes, you can play year-round in FFPC Dynasty leagues. Those leagues range from $77 to uh, all the way up to $5,000 know, entry fee. So even if you only have a few dollars in your pocket or you've got 5000 just lying around and you want to jump into a league and uh, beat everybody and take everyone's money that you can do that and at any level (laughs) but dynasty orphan teams are already available now and uh, they do a great job of figuring out how to solve that problem when the bad teams are kind of really bad you can kind of fix that issue uh, quicker than you might in just your standard dynasty league startup leagues are coming in may so look forward to that and they are outside of ryan mcdowell the uh the world's largest dynasty commissioner and I'd say they you know they might even be bigger than Ryan McDowell but uh, 1 million dollars just last year in dynasty payouts that's incredible so if you want to learn more about them you can go to myffpc.com that's myffpc.com and remember this part if you, if you remember nothing else besides their website and you know where you can find them remember this you all new subscribers to Dynasty Command Center Slack that's our you know where we kind of build community and talk about all things Dynasty and plenty of channels, uh, you know, very topically based and a great community of awesome people. If you join the Dynasty Command Center Slack, you also get a $30 league credit that you can apply to any Dynasty League fee of $77 or higher. So, again, check them out, myffpc.com. Great place to play some fantasy. But uh, before we do kick off, I do uh, our rookie draft here. I do want to say it's going to be Curtis first, then Ryan, and then myself. And we'll kind of cycle through that order all the way through, you know, your standard 12 pick first round rookie mock draft. It's a little bit early to kind of get down into the second, third, fourth round. There's plenty of players to talk about. We're not going to be able to get to all of them. But we want to give you a snapshot of where we think rookie drafts are right now. So without further ado. Curtis, who do you think is the, you know, 1.01 worthy player to go before anyone else in this year's draft?
1: Yeah, just to be clear, this is not what I think will happen. This is what I'm saying should happen. So with the first pick of the Dynasty Command Center, January rookie mock, I select DK Metcalf. He's been my number one since we did the rookie guide. Uh, I'm only more dug in on that position now that he's been fully medically cleared and we've heard that he's going to be at the combine where I think he's going to be an absolute animal and and with DK he doesn't have the full production profile of some of the other guys that are in our our top tier Um, but I think he has some things that that actually uh, maybe can't be taught he just has this this raw athleticism that I think is just a little bit above maybe some of these other guys at the top and um, you know I saw uh, Danny Kelly mention uh maybe that he has some shades of, of Josh Gordon and, and I, I really like that. I think he might be a guy that has the speed and also the size to just be a bully all over the field. And I'm I'm really excited about DK. So that's my pick.
0: Who nice. Ryan, what do you think about that before we move on to your pick?
2: Yeah, I can't uh I can't criticize that at all. I've I guess at the top of this class I've probably not been as as locked in as it sounds like Curtis is, I've, I've already made some moves shuffling these guys around in my rankings, but as of, as of right now, Metcalf is my top overall player as well, so I certainly agree with the pick. Uh, we saw the news earlier this week that he has been medically cleared, like Curtis said. That's great news. Looks like he's a full go for the combine uh, and can't wait to see what he does there. Yeah, that's going to be
0: exciting. I, it, you always want to be able to see the guys just go out there and compete, show what they really can do. And he is just an absolute freak of an athlete. And as far as potential, I think I'd probably have to agree with you guys. He would probably have to be the 1.01 just looking at his frame. And he's got the, uh, I guess, the pedigree with you know half his family being in the NFL at one point. <laughs> and so there's a lot to like with DK Metcalf. Uh, I just... I just look at his goofy production profile of just basically goes and curls. That's all he's got going on so far. So he's a projection. He's gonna to have to figure out the route tree a little bit, but if he does, look out because the potential is unbelievable. But Ryan, at pick two, if you couldn't have your way with DK Metcalf, who would you settle for at the, the second slot?
2: Yeah, so I kind of I kind of said this at the at the beginning before we started. I think these guys are they're they're also close in, in my evaluation of them, both as NFL prospects and when it comes to their dynasty value. And like Curtis said, this is this is what I would do, what I think should happen this far out. This one might seem a little crazy in, in a couple months. We'll see. But my number two player right now is Hakeem Butler, a wide receiver from Iowa State. So we we've looked at those you know we've looked at this class of wide receivers for years now it feels like and we've been so excited about Metcalf and some of the other names we'll we'll talk about and Butler hasn't really been in that group but he's been an elite producer he has the the size speed just like really most of these guys i think the story on most of these top receivers is similar they've got the size they've got the speed and and, and they can just bully and dominate and that's what butler does
0: yeah, I really like Butler as well. I hope he gets the draft capital that he deserves. He's just a freak athlete, 6'6", 225, and he's an unbelievable deep threat. Uh, and I'll get to more of, we'll probably talk about this after the combine a little bit more, but I've, I've kind of teased the idea of uh, what I've been doing with all the charting of uh, wide receiver and you know basically taking a look at eight games of wide receiver production, their most relevant games against top competition. And in the eight-game sample for Hakeem Butler, 37% of his receptions went for 26 yards or more, which is just unbelievable. Like, normally you're, you're thinking a small, shifty, you know, De- Deshaun Jackson type for that kind of play. But no, he just he just creates, he separates, and he wins at the catch point. I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So I like that as well. Uh, Curtis, uh, were you a Hakeem Butler guy already? Or has he been creeping up for you too?
1: I haven't really moved them up too much. Um, I I see what people like. I, I think. Uh, what do you think about this, man? You've you've probably watched more film than than Ryan and I uh, combined because that's I mean that's just so much your jam. But Martavis Bryant with fewer question marks. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I think if Martavis Bryant had a really uh, kind of kind of cool story and uh, just seemed like an all around nice guy with with no question marks, no red flags, <laughs> that, that would be. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that that would be Hakeem Beller's.
1: Yeah, that's that's kinda of, that's kind of what I see. I like Hakeem. I think he does have he has immense upside. Uh two's higher than I would take him, but I see what, what Ryan likes. And um it's also it kinda of put me on notice because you know he's moved up quite a bit for Ryan even just since the last time that that we spoke. So um gonna be picking his brain on on how he moved up so fast. And uh yeah, that, that's great. I, I love it. It's it's sexy. It there's some intrigue there. Travis, what do you want to do at 103? oh yeah. three, buddy.
0: 103, 103. I think just like uh, Ryan said, my the top of my board has kind of been shuffling as I've been trying to put together a a closer look at everyone's numbers, and we don't we still don't have the combine. You know, a lot can change, but I think right now, Kelvin Harmon for me is probably up near the top, if not the very top of my draft board. People are going to have questions about him you know, lining up at right wide receiver almost exclusively. But when you you run the, the mix of routes that he was able to do at that outside wide receiver position uh, and kind of have a, a, you know, implement a diverse skill set from one set position, I'm not as worried. If you're, you know, if you're only a go curl guy, I'm a little bit more concerned. But, you know, he, he does everything pretty well. He does, you know, your curl and your go that everyone can run. But he separates at an elite level you know, at a slant, in, out, come back, whatever you want to see. He can run just about anything, and he's got the size, he's got the bend, he's got the athleticism. Uh, I'm interested to see what his long speed looks like, but Kelvin Harmon for me would be 1.03 if both those guys uh, were gone before there. What do you guys think about that?
1: I can't argue at all, man. Uh, Like like Harmon plenty and agree with a lot of the things that you said, and he's just been such a, a steady producer. Um, I think he's going to he's gonna test well enough. He has probably, of the guys that we've talked about, the most complete set of film in terms of what he can do uh, at all levels of the field, uh, the types of routes that he runs. I mean, I think he's a very safe – I mean, I'd be thrilled to get him at 103. I think he's a very safe pick at the top of the draft. I, he does not reek of a guy that has bust potential to me. No,
0: me either. Ryan, I, I don't know if you would uh, be in a different spot there, but uh, are you, I know you were – a fan of Harmon. I think even when we were doing our ranks, we were all a fan of Harmon. I think we had him top two or three, even, you know, a month ago. Are you still, you know, having him up in that conversation? Were you thinking of maybe Harmon at the two spot?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and if we're, if this is a real rookie draft, and even though I've got Butler higher, that's a spot where I might consider taking Harmon at two, uh, even though that's, that differs from my ranks. And, and then, uh, maybe trying to slide slide back up into the middle of the draft to get the guy that I, I really have that crush on <laughs> in Butler. That's that's kind of how that might work. And Harmon was actually in our draft guide uh, is our our number one player. Uh, so that's that again goes to kind of the parody of this class. And yeah. our, our number one guy in, in this exercise falls to three, so you can't argue with that value.
0: No, for sure. Well, kicking it off at uh, back to Curtis here at uh, slot four, I'm i I'm interested to see when a running back's going to go. Maybe, maybe here, maybe uh, in a few picks. Uh, what you got for us, Curtis?
1: Not right here, man. I'm going to take uh, Nikhil Harry at 104. <laughs> I'm excited about mm. the fact that you guys uh, let him slide to me here, feel really good about it. Man, if I had the 101 and 104 and left with those two guys in a, in a real rookie draft, I would be so excited. You know, I know people, we're get, we're starting to get into the, the point of, of the draft year where so many people are going to have takes, and we're going to start picking these guys apart, and we're going to see people say that, you know, Harry is, isn't as quick or sudden or, you know, he doesn't have, like, the, the, the twitchy speed maybe that you want to see from um, different guys, but just absolute bully on the field and... You know, I think if he if he lands with an above average quarterback, it's just going to be so exciting to see what he can do uh, in the NFL. So um, I will take Nikhil Harry with with really little thought of anyone else at 104.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think you're not alone there. I think I just had a uh, I, I do this every year, but I hold these Twitter poll mocks just to kind of gauge what the the you know market is right now. And uh, and Nikhil Harry was actually uh, I believe the 1.01 in the Twitter poll mock. And and the 1.01 vote had, I think, like 2,000 votes on it. So right now, there's a lot of people that still think Harry is the guy. Uh, So to have him drop to four, that's just kind of where we are with this class. There's going to be a lot of guys that uh, you want to own in the top four or five picks, especially if there's a a good running back landing spot too. But uh, kicking it over to Ryan with the uh, fifth pick, who would you take if – you know the consensus, maybe top four guys for you are gone.
2: Yeah, this and this is how it's gone. The, the four that we've drafted are my top four, so that makes for a pretty easy pick at five. I think what what we're seeing happen with Nikhil Harry, as Curtis mentioned, we're also seeing with AJ Brown. Uh, that's who I will take at uh, at the five spot. I mean, r- really has just been a a productive player throughout his career. Uh, he did have a, a little bit of a slow start in his freshman season. But he's been over 30% market share the past two years, which is really impressive when you consider that he played alongside the guy that went 101 in this mock, <laughs> D.K. Metcalf. Uh, so Brown has been the big producer there. Travis, I know you've done a lot of work with him. He kind of got pigeonholed as, as that big slot guy, but your work has shown that he can play all over the field and do it at a pretty high level. So Brown at 5 is my call.
0: Yeah, I think uh, people thought that he could only play slot and really he did. So even up to about about the point that DK Metcalf got hurt this past season, he was really primarily just a slot wide receiver. But when DK went down, he actually got shoved outside and and showed that his deep in routes, his corner routes, his his pose like he was he was successful in in a lot of different ways from the outside position and uh, deadly from the slot position, too. So really a lot to get excited about with, uh, with AJ Brown. Uh, I, I think uh, if you look at his route distribution and the eight game sample that I looked at, no one route accounted for more than, I think it was 19, 20% of his game. Like he just does everything. He's a really balanced player. He does, you know, your curl, he's got your in out, comeback. All of those are in double digit percentage in terms of his uh, percentage of routes run on receptions. I think, uh, He's one of those guys. He may not have the ceiling of a DK Metcalf, uh, which is just infinite, pretty much. <laughs> but he's a guy that he, he's gonna have. A, he's gonna be a two-contract guy in the NFL, you know, at, at least. So he's a pretty safe play. So I like that at the five slot for me. At the one point oh six, I think I have to go with the first running back right now. Which I know that there's some hype for another guy that might be drafted here shortly uh, in a bit. But uh, I go with. Uh, David Montgomery still right now as my running back one. Obviously, a couple of years ago, he basically broke pro football focuses el- el- elusive rating and uh, what he had to do to find any production uh, behind Iowa State's offensive line. I think he's going to profile decently while not elite as an athlete, but uh, what he did for Iowa State was uh, thoroughly impressive and he's been my running back one in this in this class for quite some time. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Montgomery, Curtis?
1: Yeah, I I love the pick. Uh, I think I think when all said and done, he probably goes a little bit higher than 106. Like in in public dynasty drafts, the closer we get to these drafts af- actually happening, I think some of these backs are going to slide up the board. People are going to be really tempted to cash in that chip for somebody with you know a bigger potential for a year one impact. And we know that rookie running backs, you know, they can be league shapers, uh, league winners, uh, and some of these some of these receivers, as much as we may like them in year one, it's, it's pretty rare for those guys to even be every week fantasy starters at that position, let alone, uh, have league winning upside. So I, I love the Montgomery pick, you know, I think if we redo this in May, I bet he's going to be top five, maybe even top four. And, and even then he may not even be the running back one, uh, going that high. And then you're kind of teasing that a little bit. So, uh, I, I think Montgomery, the more you see of him, if you, you know, he didn't play at a, a huge school. I mean, Iowa State, a lot of people don't see him, you know, they're not nationally televised very often, so as you get to watch him, you just appreciate his balance at contact. I mean, he does not go down, and if you chip him on the side of one hip, I mean, he just, he'll spin out of it. Uh, I've seen him a number of times, you know, prop himself up with a hand and keep going. He's always fighting for that extra yard. Um, just a lot to like, and he showed plenty in the receiving game as well, which is always a question mark for most running back prospects. So, very high on David Montgomery myself as well.
0: Well, I'm I'm curious to see if you're actually going to take the next running back here at uh,
1: 1.07. No man, I'm I'm sticking to my board. It's only been a couple of weeks, and you know my <laughs> my no, my number four player uh, when we were going through the draft guide process was JJ Arcega-Whiteside, and I'm happy to take him at number seven. I've kind of got the all upside wide receiver crew going here. A lot of these guys don't have complete uh, profiles, um, but there's just there's just so much to like. I kind of he kind of reminds me of like Mike Evans, um, where I think that he's just gonna he's gonna have a lot of ability um, to go up with the jump balls. I think he's faster than people appreciate. He's training with rookie Prohl to get ready for the combine, and I really like that. Um, that's a great choice if you're learning you know how to be a little bit uh, more of a route technician. I think that was, I mean I don't know if his agent paired him with with Prole or if that was something that he sought out on his own, but. Really couldn't have made a better choice there, um, and I and I heard uh, recently in an interview that he's been watching Keenan Allen tape uh, as he prepares for the the combine, which I think is great. I mean, Allen's such a great route technician, and that's that's I think you know an area where our Sega White side you know does need to put a little work in. But I I really like this kid and and I'm excited to see where he goes. I'm a little worried with the depth of the wide receiver class that his range of outcomes is anywhere from like late first to early third I don't know exactly where he's going to go so by the time these players are actually selected he could could potentially get driven down my board if the draft stock isn't there Uh, but I I I personally feel that he's going to go top 50 and and I would be comfortable keeping him there as long as he goes top 50.
0: Yeah that's a name that I think a lot of people are, are high on I think doing a mock this early you really don't know where the draft capital is going to go I think if we look at last year there's some names that definitely dropped off I mean Last year, about this time, like people still thought Auden Tate was going to be an early pick, or Equinemia Saint Brown was still going to be an early pick. So a lot's going to change, but J.J. Arcega-Whiteside certainly just kills it with contested catches. So I-, I love, I hope he lands with a good quarterback that can find him because he's got a crazy uh, catch radius and, and adjusts well to the ball. But Ryan at the eight slot, who you got?
2: It's it's so crazy that you think about this 2019 class and it's filled with these potential stud wide receivers. We've compared it to 2014 already. There's so many of these guys and, and somehow the the story of this early draft season has been a backup running back. And yeah. and that's who I'm going to take. I'm going to take uh, Josh Jacobs. He's of course the Alabama running back who has just been climbing boards, not only when it comes to dynasty value, but if NFL mock drafts and uh, we saw him go as high as top five overall in one of those recent mock drafts. I don't, don't know if I'm quite buying into that yet, but it, it just shows kind of where the overall community is on, on Jacobs. We know our, our buddy Kyle could really do a, a full podcast d- dedicated to Josh <laughs> Jacobs, uh, so I'll, I'll try to keep it a little shorter. But, I mean, he, he does everything we want from a running back uh, as far as breaking tackles. He's got speed. He's been involved in, in the receiving game. And it looks like now, you kind of alluded to this earlier, Travis, it looks like he might be the running back one in this class and, and certainly is pushing Montgomery f- for that spot. It's it's really just a crazy story. I, I kind of think that this happened a little bit with Sony Michel last year with the the late season uh, burst. I mean, I remember in December of uh, of 2017, thinking about Michel as a guy I wanted to be sure I, you know, I targeted in the second round of my rookie drafts. And, you know, just a a few months later, he was... <laughs> he was a first rounder in the NFL draft and and that was, you know, just a a rapid transition for him. And we're seeing the same with Jacobs.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think he's his, the hype's only going to grow with him, but uh, yeah, we we might have to have Kyle on just to wax poetic for 30 minutes about his favorite player. But uh, Rodney Anderson is a guy at one. And he would be my pick right now at 1.09, not knowing, you know, the draft capital that's, that's huge. But I think he was my, potentially my running back one, or at least in the conversation, uh, for a long time, and I think if he does get healthy and does stay healthy, he ha- possibly has the highest upside of any running back in this class. He really killed it for Oklahoma just a couple years ago, went down way too early this past season to get a good look at what he could do uh, with an even greater feature workload for Oklahoma. But if he does see the draft capital, if the NFL scouts trust in what they see and he is a day-two pick, uh, I think he's going to skyrocket up boards, and, and he's not going to be a second-rounder like like we were worried about uh, with this stock for a while. And there's there's several people that I'd really like to take here. Uh, and one of my favorite players it uh, looks like, uh, I, I'm sure Curtis is probably going to take him next. Uh, and I almost did, but uh, Curtis, who you got at the 10 slot?
1: Uh, I'm excited about this. I, I've got a, a nice, uh, you know, collection of wide receivers and I, I got to dip my toe into the running back waters. And I'm going to select Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson is like an all-time great in efficiency in college football. I mean, what he did is being so underappreciated. And what I love is that even though, you know, he played in a non-Power 5 conference and he didn't have the week-in, week-out, you know, grind against some of these, uh, you know, four- and five-star athletes, when he played Power 5 competition, he still averaged for his career 6.6 yards per carry. I mean, that is insane Whew. because you can't tell me that that Memphis offensive line was dominating, you know, some of these Power Five conference defensive lines, and 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 giving all that to him. He is just insane. He's a lightning bolt. I think he's going to test well enough to answer some questions about the athleticism. And he's a guy where it only takes one team, uh, for the draft capital be there to be there. We saw that last year with Rashard uh, Penny. Um, that maybe there wasn't a consensus amongst 32 teams that he was worthy of an early second round or late first round pick, but it only takes one to fall in love. And um, you know, he, he really had, he really, really had um, more uh, receiving work than I even appreciated when I first started uh, cutting him up his career receiving line, 63, 758 eight. I mean, over, what is that? Over 12 yards of reception for his career. That's insane for a running back uh, in college. So Big play, he's a guy that, you know, I I think I tweeted out a couple weeks ago, just overlook him at your own peril. If you want to throw him in the trash heap with a bunch of these small school guys, I'm happy to snap him up at the end of the first. Very excited that Henderson was here.
0: Yeah, I think he's a guy that a lot of people are overlooking right now still, uh, but I think he's going to go slot in in the late first and be a value. Uh, I almost took him just one pick before. Uh, so I definitely like that. A lot of love his production, just an unbelievable big playmaker. So I, I'm all in with you on on Daryl Henderson there. But uh, with the 11th pick, Ryan, who you got?
2: All right. After after I admittedly reached with my second overall pick at H- Keen Butler, I'm going to do it again at 11. Randall Cobb is dead. I've got to get another UK boy. I'm going with Benny Snell here, the running back. One of the, one of the most productive running backs in SEC history. I mean, let's let's start with that. I think a lot of, a lot of people are focusing on Snell's weaknesses, which, Curtis, you kind of said, that's, that's what happens this time of year. He was not an asset in the passing game. I think he can be. These same things were being said about Nick Chubb last year, that Chubb couldn't catch the ball, and, and we saw that was not the case in his first season with the Browns. And, and I kind of think uh, I, I think Chubb is probably faster overall, and and maybe that's the difference between those two guys in, in that piece of their game. I, I do think uh, Snell will be able to contribute as a receiver, which is kind of the big question mark with him. But he doesn't. He doesn't like that, or he doesn't have that breakaway speed, which could keep... Uh, you know, could keep those passes short and those routes short and things like that. So, um, but, but here at the end of the first round, I think he's grouped in with several other running backs. um, And, and I'm just going to, you know, just going to grab my favorite here, which is (laughs) Snell. Hey, fair enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah. McDowell with the hometown pick. I love it, man. I love it. I love that you went Benny here. I'm amped up. It's like a Saturday in Kentucky town. so Yeah. Hey, hey I love it, man. I, I, there's plenty to like about Benny Snell. I think he's, he can be like a, maybe just a, a boring producer that is, you know, he is a great flex or, or running back to in, in the right spot. I think there's, there's plenty to like about Benny. I, I have no qualms with this pick, especially at the end of the first round where it's kind of like upside dart throw time. So good for you, man. Stick into your board.
0: Yeah, man, Benny Snell. I, I think that there might be even some schematic questions, just because Kentucky can run some weird stuff. Even put him in, in like a wildcat role. But I, I think if you get your guy at this point, it's it's kind of a coin flip type range as is. But uh, with the last pick rounding out the you know the end of round one, uh, Noah Fant is going to be my pick, tied in from Iowa. Uh, you could almost go the other direction, uh, just across the other side of the field with TJ Hawkinson, because it looks like those two might actually be the top two tight ends in the class. But I'm going to go with the freak and uh, Noah Fant. I think he's going to probably jump about, I think 50 feet or so in the vert, and then uh, run run about a, a four four flat in the 40, something like that. You know, something something reasonable. Uh, but no, he's he's an absolute crazy athlete, and I think he's going to have first round draft capital attached to him. And as as far as we know, a tight end position that that's kind of that's kind of meaningful when you you get that uh, first round. Uh, grade and first round draft capital to uh, maintain that value so in a really deep tight end class there's probably eight guys I like still gonna take no offense at the end of round one but that's all with all the time we got this week and and again uh, we are still just scratching the surface of all the rookie content that's going to be coming out here from the dynasty command center crew we'll continue talking more on this as we go throughout the spring the uh, 2019 Dynasty Command Center Rookie Guide is still available. Just 19.99 gets you all three volumes uh, that uh, we'll write this season, pre-combine, post-combine, post-NFL draft. So check that out. Check DynastyCommandCenter.com out. And uh, look for more episodes here soon.